Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. More politics for you here this next half hour. The pool of... GOP presidential candidates for the 2024 election is officially grown this week. Former South Carolina governor and U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Nikki Haley, has announced her campaign, becoming the first person to join former President Trump in that race. Questions arise. How does Ms. Haley's background as a woman of color make her maybe stick out from others? And which other female or minority candidates may enter the field? To find out where we are with that process, we welcome to the program Republican strategists and former Majority Leader of the Minnesota Senate, Amy Cope, to the show on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Hello, Amy. Hi, Susie. How are you? I'm... I mean, other than, you know, a little confusion on the table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I'm fine. It's nice uh, to talk to you. It was nice to see you the other day. Uh, you are, yeah. just so folks know, you also do some lobbying work for a number of nonprofits. So we see each other at the state capitol, right? That's right. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I'm part of a lobbying firm now. Wonderful. For about seven years. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. talk. I mean, you watch everything. You're paying attention to politics. Um <laughs> It's your job. What do you what do you make of this Nikki Haley's throwing her hat in the ring? And uh, is it obviously historic? Uh, kind of talk about what you see it as. Well, sure. Uh, it's historic. It's an interesting first, maybe first, maybe last move. It's it's hard to see. Uh, up to this point, while there have been several um, names bandied about to run against former President Trump for the GOP endorsement, mm-hmm. um, no one's gotten in, right? So Mike Pence hinted at something, um, you know, uh, Governor DeSantis in Florida, you know, widely speculated that he might throw his hat in the ring, uh, but no one made the announcement. And now former Governor Nikki Haley uh, jumped in. And so, so um, it's interesting to see, will this be a head-to-head? Um, is this going to be uh, at the beginning? Of, like, so, so, she, so she's got in the water and the water's warm and, mm. you know, exactly what this is going to lead to is a, it's a little hard to say. My guess is that it leads to other folks jumping in, um, but we'll see. And, and um, so... Yeah. What is Amy, so that's the first part of it? Yeah, what, I mean, we'll get into her being a person of color, but what is the timeline, generally speaking, for getting into a, a presidential election? So, twenty twenty four, we're at twenty twenty three. Well, is there like a time that people start making the announcement, or does it really vary? It really varies. But when you think about it, you know, a lot of people think, "Oh my goodness, it's twenty twenty three. You have to, you have to jump in, you mm-hmm. know, a year and a half." 
what you're but when when you've got primaries that are taking place in January of an election year, which means January of 2024, you're going to start to see primaries. You're going to start to see caucuses. Mm. We're less than a year out. We're about 11 months out. And if you're going to make a serious run, if you're going to gather a team, if you're going to raise the money that's required to be competitive in some of those, particularly in some of those early primaries, which tend to get a lot of attention and a lot of money spent in them, it's actually, it's not too early. This is about the right time to get in, unless you're, you know, a self-funder. Um, but even, you know, President Trump has been out there, former President Trump has been out there raising money. Mm. Um, and, and certainly uh, Nikki Haley is not you know, wealthy. So this is not going to be a self-funded campaign. Uh, she's got to be out there and raising money. So this is about the right time. Does it is she an interesting candidate for president? I mean, she is uh, Indian American. She talks about her parents and having um, her father wear a turban and her mother wear a sari. And you know, as a Republican candidate, how does that sort of play out? How does her ethnicity play out in that field? Yeah, I think. Well, I think she's just an interesting candidate all around, right? I'm a big fan of. As a Republican woman, I'm a big fan of like conservative women, um, th- you know, that have great head on their shoulders. And um, I've been very impressed with the uh, governor and uh, former ambassador. She's um, she led South Carolina, a very very um, conservative state, in a way that uh, you know definitely there's no one that can she de- you know no one can question her conservative bona fides. But she made some moves. Um, that were a little out of um, maybe what people would think would be out of character. So, for example, um, she led the way to remove the Confederate flag from the Capitol, right? And she said that was that's a part of our past, but that's not what South Carolina is any longer. Um, she even in her her stepping into the race, she pointed out something that Republicans know that everyone knows is just a fact, but that um, nobody really talks about. And what she talked about is, I think she said the last seven of the eight presidential races, we have not won the popular vote. Mm. Um, We have won because we win because the Electoral College is a fact. And and if you get reach a certain number of electors, then you are elected president of the United States. Mm. But in fact, um, George W. Bush didn't win the popular vote the first time. The second time he did. Mm. Um, Certainly we did not. President Obama won handily. Right. Right. uh, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. So, uh, so, um, so that point, was, yeah. and, she, and her point was like Republicans, we can't, it's not sustainable. Right. And we, we don't have a majority of Americans supporting us. Um, and we have to get back to that, which is something we just don't talk about. And Amy, on that note, because that is a great question that the Republican party itself, you know, you look at at least sort of looking at the big picture that when the Bushes were in the White House, the father and son and other Republicans, they were, a, at least in my opinion, I have no idea if I'm saying this right. They were a different brand of Republican than former President Trump and some of the more far right conservative members of the party. Is it is it possible to get someone who's more of a of a Bush presidency like a Nikki Haley or is it have to be to the far right? Well, I I hope not. I hope that we can come together and decide that winning and 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 leading is more important than sort of like standing like a rock on a principle that some of us 
you know, don't necessarily even recognize as conservative. Um, and I've made that statement a couple times about uh, former President Donald Trump. I, you know, I grew up as a fiscal conservative, as a as a as a hawk, as um, you know, a com- like a lot of common sense, like national presence conservative. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't see a lot of that in President Trump. Um, and so and, and then folks say, well, we can't win anymore. Like, you know, like even in like the state of Minnesota, right? I'll have Republicans say, well, I just don't think we can win statewide anymore. And I say, well, that's completely and entirely false. We can't win statewide with the candidates that we've been putting up that run in a way that is contrary to, you know, what Minnesotans value. Um, but in the last election, for example, we had a candidate for state auditor. and No one even knows, you know, really what the state auditor does. Mm-hmm. Um, but that narrowly lost by 0.34 percent of the vote. Mm-hmm. Our AG's candidate, Jim Schultz, narrowly lost by less than one percent of the vote. Minnesotans can not only win nationally, win a national, but they can win Minnesota. Um, But it matters what candidate you put on the ballot. We are talking to Amy Koch. She is the former Senate Majority Leader in the state of Minnesota, also a Republican strategist and a lobbyist. And we're talking about Nikki Haley jumping into the presidential race, but the bigger picture of the Republican Party and where, where it sits right now going into the presidential election with Different factions. So, I mean, even looking nationally for a moment at Congress and Speaker McCarthy and kind of handling the far right and trying to make some uh, continuity, some building common ground within the Republican Party. Are you afraid that it's not possible or do you really think it is possible to find some unification within the party? I think it is. I think it is absolutely possible. I'm always remain hopeful. I think that Republicans have to start recognizing that a very small tent of just sort of purist um, ideology is not going to be something that you can lead from. And, you know, uh, Ronald Reagan, who's often held up as a conservative uh, icon, said that if you're with me 80 percent of the time, you're with me. (laughs) Um, And that means that there's a lot of space to move around. Mm. Um, And and we have we as a party to be successful have to get back to that Um, because sort of the because the purge that's been going on um, isn't 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 growing our numbers, isn't growing our reach. And by the way, you know, if you don't like if you're a Republican and you don't appreciate tax increases, if you're a Republican and you don't appreciate everything that's been happening at the state capitol this year. Well, guess what? You don't get to just complain about it. You actually have to work and you have to win and then you have to lead in a really thoughtful, smart way. And so you get, don't get to complain about it when you, you know, when you continually put up candidates um, and support folks that espouse an ideology that just isn't going to, you know, bring in people from different you know, parts of the state, from different walks of life. Um, if it's a very narrowly focused party, it's just not a recipe for success. So you know, we've lost the last um, three cycles of election, really since 2016. We, we lost in 2018. We lost in 2020. Uh, and we largely lost in 2022, which should have been a bang up year for Republicans. Um, but we narrowly held the, you know, got the U.S. House and that's about it. Mm. Um, and so if you don't like that, if you disagree with what's going on in your government as a Republican, you got to you got to look to yourself. Right. And what did we do that was not acceptable? And, you know, so anyway, just I think Nikki Haley kind of exposes all of that and begins right. that conversation. And it's one we need to have as a party. Do you think that pre- former President Trump 
is got the same power that he once had or what are I mean can you imagine this next year at this time and all the other candidates that are going to be in the GOP field and how he'll manage that I mean obviously the first time he got the nomination standing on that stage with all those other Republican candidates Jeb Bush um that it was you know kind of astonishing that he got the nomination but he did with all those sort of traditional candidates what will hit what will it like in your mind what can you see happening as we get into 2024 with former president trump well you know one thing we all should have learned is you never ever ever count out trump uh as a possibility so i would i would never ever do that i do think that there has been you know i think when he first ran there were a lot of folks well there you know there was just some that are just die hard Trump, right? They just, they like that he's tough talking and, and they like what he, you know, that he kind of calls people out and isn't the traditional politician, um, even though some of the things he says they don't agree with. Um, but I think there were even more people that were sort of like, well, you know, he isn't a traditional politician and he is a business guy and maybe we should give that person a, a, a shot. Um, and then, you know, there were so many, you know, like, you know, things said and things done that people found just completely unacceptable, you know, leading up to January 6th, mm-hmm. where the idea was that somehow, um, you know, the election was <laughs> the election was stolen and we should, you know, rush into the U.S. Capitol to stop the finalization, the final vote, mm-hmm. the final vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that so many people you know, that might have said, well, let's let's give this person a shot and kind of backed away from that. Now, that isn't to say there isn't a very like still very strong core mm-hmm. of folks that support former President Trump. They will continue, I think, to support him um, and how that plays out in an endorsement when you might have five, six, seven candidates. If, if it's not a head to head, if it's not Nikki Haley versus um, Donald Trump, no, then, you know, then what how does that play out? Right. Which is really the first time around. Donald Trump had about. 17 percent. He had a consistent 17 percent that was able to carry him through, the, you know, the primaries and the caucuses and keep him. And then as people fell out, there was just sort of a natural flow mm-hmm. towards him. And he also, you know, garnered all the attention because he is a clip master. He is a he he gets the media to follow every word he says. Right. And, you know, that that makes that's got he always has people paying attention to him no matter what he does and says. I know it. Like it or not. Again, Amy Coke, Amy, our Co- Amy Coke, our guest. She's a, a GOP strategist, a lobbyist, and former Senate Majority Leader in the, in the Minnesota House. Let's go back to the state races again. Um, what do you think of the importance or lack thereof of the state convention? Do you think that? So, for example, we we go to these conventions and we nominate someone. Is it? maybe the moderate candidate gets knocked out by more conservative candidates just to kind of make sure that the far right factions of the party are, you know, satisfied. Well, you know, it also happens on the left, right? So these endorsing conventions are, you know, the very hard kind of hardcore um, activists because it takes a lot to get to the state convention. You have to go to your precinct caucuses, you have to get elected out of your precinct caucus. You have to go to your local basic political organizational unit convention, the BPOU convention. You need to get elected to the state as a con- as a convention attendee from there. And then you have to go for a couple days um, somewhere in the state of Minnesota, usually Rochester, Duluth, 
somewhere as a convention center and spend days um, in a hall sort of working through with other Republicans that were willing to do that. So it tends to be very, very insider on both sides. The difference, I think, with the parties in the state of Minnesota is that the DFL have not abided by their endorsement. Um, Let's Mm -hmm. see. Last time around, uh, Governor Tim Walz did not receive the endorsement. Uh, It went to uh, former Representative, now current Senate state Senator Aaron Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to that, Governor Dayton did not receive his party's endorsement. In fact, he was sent away from his convention. Um, and it was former Speaker Margaret Anderson Kelleher mm-hmm. that received the party endorsement and then ultimately lost to Governor Dayton in a primary, as did Aaron Murphy lost to now Governor Walls in a primary. Mm-hmm. So, so the difference is the DFL will endorse And then the primary voters feel more free for whatever reason. The Republican Party endorsement seems to stick Um, and or more likely oftentimes they're not even challenged. There's very at this time around um, Governor Scott, uh, Governor candidate Scott Jensen received the endorsement and uh, nobody, none of the other candidates that ran against him ran in a primary. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we'll have to wait and see and watch how this unfolds. Uh, If I have a chance to come on the show again, we'll have you back on. Love talking to you. And we'll see you at the Capitol this week. I suspect we will unless we get all snowed out. Right, exactly. Thank you so much. Again, Amy Coca, GOP strategist and uh, former Senate Majority Leader in the Minnesota Senate. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.